Hello, folks. Welcome to Holy Young with Holder, where I talk to interesting people about interesting topics. My name is Steve Holder, and I am your host. My guest this evening is Kimberly Wardell, hostess of This Is Your City podcast. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Steve. I'm so glad you're here. So first of all, tell us a little bit about your background and how would you describe yourself? Oh, that's always a tough question, isn't it? I can talk about other people all the time. Well, I presently live in Ontario, Canada. I've been here for many years. Lived in North America. My father was American, mother Canadian. I am a podcaster. I have a couple different ones. I work for a boot manufacturing company as my day job. <laughs> Let's see what else. I travel around. I've been so blessed to travel many places in the world speaking. Uh, what I love to do, what my biggest passion is, is speaking, storytelling through scripture and saying kind of how it relates to us today. That's my biggest thing. This is your city is not faith-based, but I have another um, avenue. It's called developing your inner excellence, living an inspired life. That's more faith-based. So kind of got both of them going on. Yeah, just okay. enjoying life. Well, tell us about both of them, if you would. Just give us a little bit of background on them and what they're all about. Okay. Well, This Is Your City is it's a podcast, and it's people all over the world. I interview people all over the world. It's just, I love people, and I think everybody has a story. Everyone has a story. Right. You know, and they're all interesting. We might not think of ourselves as interesting, but... Everybody has a story. And in my experience, people really want to tell their story. We just need people to listen, you know? And so this is your city started out with me wanting to, to get to know the story behind the people of entrepreneurs, small businesses, not-for-profit organizations, musicians, that sort of thing. Um, but your basic everyday people who just go above and beyond, who have you know, above and beyond can even be just living through a struggle, right? Like that's above and beyond. Some people just give up. And so anything that's, I just love people and I want to hear their story. Okay. So that's kind of, this is your city. You know, we have so many wonderful people living in our cities. Like it's you and I, it's, it's your listeners. It's my listeners that make up, which I like to call, that, that tapestry, that beautiful tapestry of our cities, our communities, right? Yeah. So I want to hear them. I want to hear about it. And so that's This Is Your City. And developing your inner excellence is, is more, it started off with my speaking. So I travel different places. You know, I've been able to go on some different platforms and, 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 and speak on scripture. So it's, it's how we can develop ourselves internally your inner excellence because you have an inner excellence I have an inner excellence I always haven't always used my inner excellence <laughs> you know I, I haven't always um, known uh, about my inner excellence you know I come up I come from a, a very um, hmm, how can I even say that colorful background like I have I have a life that's sort of it almost seems like it's it couldn't be it would be a fiction if you read the book but it's, it's, it's a true story novel. And so developing your inner excellence kind of came from my experiences that 
I believe that we're never alone, Steve. If you are experiencing something, you know, we always feel like nobody will understand. There's always somebody out there who, who's also been through that. And that's not to minimize what you or I or anybody else have gone through. It's just, we're not alone. And in my, in my life, my testimony only, scripture talks about it all. And so I love to let people know that there's always a way. There's always some way to deal with that inner turmoil to bring out your inner excellence. And that's kind of a condensed form. So you offer people hope. That's great. That's uh, yeah. Great. I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been podcasting? Not long at all. It's been a year. Like most of the world, I started podcasting in March of last year when this pandemic hit. You know, at the time, I didn't know the world was going to podcast. Yeah. I didn't know. Probably like the rest of the world, they didn't know the world was going to be a podcast. But I'd love to talk. I love to hear people. Um, and so it just seemed like the right thing for me to do. Like, what am I going to do? I'm still working full time. I was blessed for that, but I just wanted to, I was taking all these courses and all these webinars. I'm like, what am I going to do with it? You know, I, I do videos. I was doing videos before just little ones on Facebook and stuff. I'm like, how can I reach more people than just Facebook? Yeah. And how can I get people and so I started going out talking to people. I just started going out like, hey, stopping at, you know, because my daughter always says, mom, do you make friends no matter where you go? Can you not just go somewhere and just get your business done? And I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I just love people so much. And so last year I decided to like, let's just do something about it. You know, actually, I think it might have been more for this is your city more. Was it 2019 or 20? I think it was last year uh, to tell you the truth. Years ago, I had This Is Your City um, news clips on, on YouTube. This is before YouTube kind of like took off. I had, and it was an actual news studio. It had all the lights and the cameras and it, it was amazing. So I had that for a short time, but um, the person who ran the news clips, the news studio decided to pack up and, and go do some filming somewhere. So that kind of went down, so. Yeah. Speaking, I've been doing a couple of years, a little longer than this is your city podcast. I've been speaking in different countries, different places for a couple more years than that. So who was your favorite guest? I mean, what kind of person is your favorite guest? Oh, wow. You had a good question. Um, my, I loved all my guests. Seriously. I mean, I wouldn't have them on my show if I didn't love them. Yeah. I just finished doing one which will air next month um, with a young little girl. She was 10 and, you know, I love little girl. I love little, I shouldn't say little people like kids, but I love young adults and teenagers, adolescents who do magnific magnificent things for their community. But my favorite guest, oh my goodness. I had a gentleman who was hmm, very courageous. He has, he suffers, suffers from mental illness and he came on and told his story you know, it wasn't like some big production and it was just this guy telling us his mental health issues, the courage that it took this guy, this man, to me is special because that's very personal. And it wasn't, it wasn't like he was doing a podcast or he was trying to, it was just him in his living room telling us his story. So yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've had Canadian Hall of Famers on my, I, I don't know. I, I love all, all of my guests. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who is considering getting into podcasting? <laughs> well, this, for me personally, I got into, because I love it, right? It's fun. If yeah. I get to monetize on it someday, great, right? Like that's not happening yet. I mean, it's really hard to get those, that quantity of listeners, maybe not for you, but for me it is. So don't get discouraged. If you're doing it for fun, then everything else will fall into place eventually. Yeah. My advice would be just have fun with it. Learn. I'm learning so much. Don't get caught up too, too much on the numbers, you know, yeah. of how many listeners and downloads and subscribers, because that can be kind of daunting. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to spend a fortune on equipment either. Oh my you gosh, can no. if you want to, but you don't have to. You don't have to. If you have a laptop that has a camera on it, you know, or or a, um, a webcam or something, you're pretty much set because Zoom is mostly free. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I have, a laptop Laptop with a camera. That's so it. It's all lighting. Good. You know, I, I do suggest, like, I'm growing and learning that lighting, because you don't want to have the light behind you because then you won't be able to see you but yeah. those are things you learn as you go but yeah. it's have fun and you like to talk about your christian faith also correct i love to talk about my christian faith i love it i'm i just i think that's my mandate that's what i'm called to do yeah. but uh, i don't i'm not a bible thumper okay we all know well i shouldn't say we all know most of us know bible thumpers who are really passionate about their belief but they do it in a, in a, and maybe sometimes I do too. I don't think I do, but maybe I do, but I don't want to, I don't want to be a Bible thumper. I want to be a Christ. I want to be the light. I want to just show people love and not just show them though, because scripture says we have to go and tell, but it's, I only have my testimony, Steve. I only have my testimony to tell you and, you know, and pray that the Holy spirit, you know, touch you in some way that you can, you know, that's like, you talk about the Holy Spirit to most people and that's like mysticism and quirkiness and like, you know, cultish. And I, I understand that because I wasn't always a Christian. So I get that. Yeah. But I love it. I love, it is, it's, it's part of my breath. So do you think your Christian faith affects your decision making? Oh, 100%. And if it doesn't, then I have, I have to really second guess my Christian faith, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, like your decision-making it's so, oh my gosh, like it's, I, I fail every day. Don't let me, don't let your listeners or any of my listeners or anybody think that I'm some, you know, I fail every single day. Some people will look at me and go, really Kim? And I'll be like, ah, you know, like every day I fail. So I, it's a process, but if my decision-making, if my Christianity didn't affect my decision-making, I would have to really second guess, yeah. am I actually a Christ follower? <laughs> yeah. Where's the evidence, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So do you like to talk about politics and current events? Okay. <laughs> so do I like it? Sometimes I do because I'm very opinionated and, and I'm learning not to be so opinionated. Uh, well, actually, I'm learning to be more loving in my opinions, right? Mm -hmm. Because... You know, I, I joke with my kids, I know everything. 
just, I always say to people, I know everything, just go ask my kids. That's what I tell them, but I don't know everything, but politics. Um, let's see. Do I like talking about politics? Maybe I'm going to re revamp my answer. No, I don't like talking about politics, but I do like talking about the nonsense of it, right? Like whether you're conservative or liberal or Republican or Democrat, like it doesn't matter to me, but I do like to discuss, I like to discuss, how's that? I like to debate, yeah. but argue because it's very easy to argue, right? I like to give my opinion. I'm a recovering politician. Are you? <laughs> recovering politician. I ran, I ran for U.S. Congress last year and I'm over it. Awesome. Good for you. That's good. That's a what good thing to have in the past. So why are you over it? Uh, it's too dirty. It's too fake. It's too much. You have to do trash talking of the other guy and the other girl or whatever and have to boast and brag about things that you know aren't even true. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And yeah. to run for it, to make a difference. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, so what was your childhood like? Well, oh, how much time you got? No. <laughs> All the so, time in the world. <laughs> well, okay. All right. So let's dial her down. My childhood, like many. Um, oh my gosh. So it was, it was, um, it was tough. It was tough. Some great, great, amazing parts to it. It was tough. I don't know. I think it makes you a tougher, better person. Um, you know, I come from a long line of addicts, whether it be alcohol, drugs, um, prescription, whatever that might be. Uh, I come from a long line of abuse, whatever that may be, um, all forms. So it, it's a tough, it's a tough place to be, especially as a child, because a lot of that you think is kind of normal because that's what you're in. And for me personally, like there's many people who take different directions in life when they come from that kind of background. Let me just put it to you like this. I saw this, I read this thing about a couple of days ago and it was, a, I think it was a, a social worker, a psychologist talking to two twin brothers, okay? And the, apparently the father was an alcoholic. And so the psychiatrist is talking to the twin brothers and one twin brother is an alcoholic and one Twin brother doesn't drink at all. So the psychiatrist goes to the one brother, why do you, why are you an alcoholic? And he said, because my father was an alcoholic. And he said to the other twin, why don't you drink? And he said, because my father was an alcoholic. Yeah. Okay. So you could go either way. My personal life, I decided my father was an alcoholic. So I'm an alcoholic. I didn't do the other route, which I should have done. So I followed in a lot of those footsteps with addictions and self-destruction, self-sabotage for many, many years of my life. So I like to say when I was a certain age, things were done to me. It's not my fault. Whether it was abuse, whether my family was alcoholics, that was nothing to do with me. What I did later on in life was my fault no matter what background I come from. And so I had to learn 
somehow, I mean, thank God he came and rescued me from that. But I did, I followed down that path for many, many years of my life. But you obviously are clean and sober now. Well, I am. I now I do still drink alcohol. You know, some play, some people think that if you're a Christian, you should touch no alcohol whatsoever. And maybe that's so I'm not going to argue that I do drink alcohol once in a while. I have wine with dinner sometime hot summer's day. We'll go sit on the patio and have some chicken wings and a, and a beer. But I don't um, you won't catch me at a bar sitting on a stool having more than you know, you know what I mean? Like losing control or not under, um, being under the influence, I suppose. I like to say that if, if, if I'm under the influence, the Holy Spirit can't work. Okay. So, but I do still, so I do still drink alcoholic beverages. I do like, you know, I'm not going to try and be some, tell you I'm somebody I'm not. I don't do drugs. I don't, um, you know, I'm, I'm committed to my marriage. I'm committed to God, committed to my community my children. So, you know, yeah. So you drink moderately. Yeah. 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 Like I don't go to clubs. I don't go to bar. I mean, once in a while we'll go to a, to a restaurant or a patio and have a beer, like I said, but that's, that's about it. Yeah. So how did your childhood affect, how does it still affect your life now? Well, well, you asked some really deep questions. (laughs) Um, how does it affect my life now? Well, I'm really grateful. And, and I know that sounds kind of weird. If you've been through some of the stuff I've been through, you'd say, how can you be grateful for that? But for me personally, I can help other people. I had this ministry in downtown Hamilton, where I live in Canada, Ontario, for many years working with the homeless and the working poor. And I'll I'll just tell you the brief story. I remember one time I used to argue with the Lord all the time. I don't want to do that. This was before I gave the Lord my heart, but I was starting to try. I was searching and I would talk with the Lord and I'd say, you know, I don't want to do this. I feel like I'm going crazy. I don't want to work with these people anymore. Like these are all like drug addicts, alcoholics, mental illness, everything I took myself out of took me most of my adult life to get out of. And here I am. And I remember driving home one night. It was freezing cold. It was probably like minus 40. And I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. And something said to me, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it for one more year. It ended up being many years after that. But so I did, I did. And one summer night I'm driving and I'm like, okay, I'm still doing this. It's been almost a year, six months, I guess, because it was summertime now. I said, but I'm still feeling like I shouldn't be doing this. Why? Why? And I started crying. So I get there to where my ministry was downtown in the middle of nowhere. And something, an experience happened with, with a gentleman. Um, I thought he was dead. He wasn't dead. And, and, you know, I just sat there and loved him and sang to him. Um, I really did think he was dead. Like he wasn't. And you know, we, we were able to bond. We were able to cry together. I was able to, to hold his hand. And when I was going home, I started crying and I had this sense come through me, you know, people who don't, aren't believers may not, may think this is kind of crazy, but it was so clear as day came into my car and said, that is why 
And I was like, why, what? So from that day, I never had to ask the Lord why I went through what I went through. Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? What, why did I do this? Because if I didn't go through all of that, I would never have been able to sit on the car hard cement in the middle of the night with this, maybe not smart. I wouldn't recommend everybody to do this, but <laughs> I did it, you know, with this, this man who I thought was dead, he was overdosing. I would never have been able to love him through it for those moments. I would never have been able to say when he looked at me and goes, you don't understand. And I was able to say, oh, but I do, but I do. And, oh, excuse me. From that day on, I have been, yeah, my experience where it's led me to my life today, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. So it's made you a more compassionate person. Definitely, you know, because I'm a good person. I mean, we all think we're good people, right? But um, I think I'm, I'm a pretty decent person. And I think I've always been that way. I've just made some really poor choices in my life. And so other people, you know, who are making really poor choices in their life, maybe they just need somebody like you and I, or, you know, somebody out there to just tell them that they're worthy and that they're still loved, even though society might deem, deem some people unlovable, doesn't mean that they are, you know? So what has been your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge? <laughs> My biggest challenge is being a stepmother. <laughs> I think blended blended families is probably the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Not that I do it well. I've messed up many times, but I think that was my biggest challenge is a blended family. You know, I don't know if you- Brady Bunch made it look easy. Right? Oh my gosh. I don't know if I could ever watch that show again because I'm like, lies, it's all lies. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful. Like I, like I said, the Lord, puts things in our paths, but that was probably the biggest challenge is big is one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. Who are your heroes? <laughs> Who are my heroes? Ooh, my sister, for sure. My sister would be a hero. Um, she obviously grew up in the same environment I grew up in and she didn't take the turn I took until later on in life, which was really, it's kind of odd. And she came out of this, like just a couple of years ago, she, she picked like, she, oh my gosh, I can't even explain to you how, what she brought herself out of not knowing the Lord. So she didn't even have that to lean on. She does now though, praise God. Um, but I'm, she's my hero to be able to, to do that at her age, she's older, you know, and to come out of addictions and do whatever she's doing. And she's my hero. Good. So what do you think about the current state of the world? <laughs> Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> Go for I told it. You, I told you I'm very opinionated. So I think, I think this world, I mean, the world's always been in a crazy state of affairs since day one, really. If we think about it, it's been in a crazy state of affairs forever. If yeah. it's not one thing, it's another, right? I think it's just getting worse. I think I think we're in trouble. I think we're in danger. Okay, I'm going to use the word danger, not just trouble. We've always been in trouble. 
there's always been something, whether it be politics, whether it be science, whether it be disease, there's always been trouble. Since, since the Garden of Eden, there's always been trouble. I think we're in danger right now. And what I mean by that is we're losing, I don't even know how to put it out there. We're losing ourselves. We're losing our, our own ability to think for ourselves. We're becoming so robotic. We're becoming satiated. Like it's very, do you ever hear of the boiling frog syndrome? Yes, about the frog sitting in the pot while it's boiling. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. So, this is the truth. I'll just quickly say it just in case your, your listeners don't know what the boiling frog is. A frog can be put in, a, in, a, in a, a pot of water and be very comfortable. Their, their, their body temperature becomes associated with that and it, it's comfortable to them. If you turn that pot on slowly and it starts to simmer, like very slowly, the frog becomes, a, he adapts to it and he doesn't even know that he's boiling boiling. He has no idea he's boiling to death until he's dead. He doesn't try to move. He doesn't try to escape because he's comfortable. That's us. We are a world in a gigantic cauldron of, of simmering water that we're becoming accustomed to. And we're losing our own sense of thought, our own sense of everything. And it's happening over time. And I do think it's intentional. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I have my theories. Yeah. Um, I think we're in a dangerous spot, Steve. I think I think we're in a dangerous spot of, of losing. We're the only creature on the planet that has a sense of reason. And we're losing that. We're losing it and we're giving it to the, we're giving it to the governments or whomever it may be. We're giving that control because it makes our life easier. We don't have to think, we don't have to do until it's too late. Then we're going to go, wait a minute. What happened to my rights? What happened to my freedom? And that's what's happening right now. Why didn't you care about your rights or your freedom 10, 20 years ago? That, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's yeah. slowly boiling <clears throat> us. And I think yeah. the world is in danger. I think of this time last year, most people probably didn't even know who their governor was. And now we just always tuned in to what did the government say? we're supposed to do you know how are we supposed to act what are we supposed to think yeah yeah they give the all the control over <clears> it. <throat> too late yeah. it's not too late it's not too late don't let me say that it's too late it's if, if we don't act it's going to be too late you know history repeats itself and if we don't learn from it and unfortunately i think i'm seeing that we haven't learned from our history we th i thought we might have but we haven't, and history is starting to repeat itself, but it's just stepping its, its game up. History is repeating itself, but getting better at the game. Yeah. So has COVID-19 had any big effect on your family, your friends? No, I think COVID-19 is a farce. We could have a whole show on that if you want to have me back. I'll probably get you a lot of hate mail, but <laughs> uh, no, COVID-19 hasn't really affected my life. I don't you know, I, I do what I want to do. I'm not a rebel. I don't, you know, we were, we're commanded to, you know, obey the law of the land. And so I do, but there's always loopholes. You got to find the loopholes, but um, you know what? I, I shop online anyway. Um, if they're allowing me to do it, I'm going to do it. 2019, I went to Cuba. 
I'm sorry, 2020. I went to Cuba with my sister and everybody's like, you can't go to Cuba. I'm like, well, I can. They're letting me. They've got the borders open. They're trying to tell us we can't, but they're letting me. Hello. Yeah. So I went, my sister and I went, um, you know, I wear my mask, I social distance, I do whatever I'm supposed to do, even though it's a farce. Nobody, I mean, I know people who have gotten COVID um, or influenza or the flu, whatever you want to call it. They're calling it COVID these days. Um, they're, they're fine. Some of them are, you know, a little bit of uh, respiratory, but it's real. I'm not saying it's not real. Let me just get that out of there. COVID is real. It, it, it's a thing. I think it's a little bit of a farce, but it's still real. Hasn't affected me too much. I've been blessed to still work. Um, I have a great backyard. I spend a lot of time out there. I go for walks. Um, I still go to the beach when I want to read or something and whether have a coat on or a blanket to lay on. So I just, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do I talk too much? No, no, not at all. Now you have a website, correct? Yes, this is your city.ca. It is your city.ca. Yeah, well, developingyourinnerexcellence.com, that one's just getting, it's not, if you go on it, you're going to be like, eh, it's not, I'm just starting that one up. Um, but this is your city.ca. I also have a YouTube channel. The links are right at the bottom of the page because I do audio and, vid and video. So sort of like you, right? I think you do both. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Okay. Maybe I can have you on my show. We could talk about your re, uh, retirement from politics. <laughs> okay. Sure. Anytime. Just let me know. <laughs> well, thank you for being my guest today. Thank you for having me. Thank I you. Enjoyed it. And folks, check out her website. Tell us what they are again. <laughs> this is your city.ca. There you go and developingyourinnerexcellence.com. If you need a speaker, I will get some videos up there soon so you can see what I do. And if you want, uh, we do virtual speaking for different, for different churches. I travel all over doing speaking. Um, I will get some up there so you can see me in action so you can decide for yourself. Good deal. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to Holding On With Holder. Please subscribe to my channel and feel free to share this video all over social media. Thank you again, Kim, for being my guest. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for having me and I'll talk to you soon and I will share, share, share. So okay, great. You. you have a wonderful day. You as well. Bye-bye.